Good morning, church. Man, what a great day. We have had such an amazing weekend here at the summer retreat. It's been so awesome, so impactful. God has moved in our students and in our leaders and in our parents. Man, God is so good. Our whole theme this weekend has been spread the joy, and I just can't think of a better way to spread the joy than to share the gospel, not just with our students, but with you too, and we're so glad you are watching this morning. Hey, can I ask you something? What is greater than the gospel going forth radically in another generation? Another generation praising his name. Another generation being freed from depression and anxiety and addictions, diseases and generational curses. Another generation of miracles. Another generation saved from the wickedness of the world. What's more important? Nothing, nothing. Man, today we're going to be talking about passing the baton and carrying on the gospel for generation after generation and passing the baton to our friends and family in this generation. And it's going to, it's going to be impactful. I'm, I'm confident God gave me this word to tell you today, and it's going to be a great day. Hey, let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your sacrifice, Lord. Thank you for being with us today. Father, I pray that everybody watching right now would be able to just see your face and that you would work through them. And Father, I pray that this message would speak to them. Father, speak through me. Whatever you want to say is what will be said, Lord. And thank you for this opportunity to be able to speak your word in your name. Amen. Awesome. So let's kick it off with a little story. <laughs> Last year, I don't know if you know this song, but the song The Blessing by Carrie Job meant so much to me. And I, in a way, I can't even explain. We were in quarantine and it was so hard, but this song came out and I really just needed a blessing, you know? And so I do as I do, and I crank my music up in my car, and I'm just worshiping and singing the blessing out and just praising his name. Well, while I was doing this, driving, I don't know how safe this is, but uh, just driving along, praising, worshiping, I began to see something, and I'm not one for visions really or being able to like clearly see like an image from God so this was kind of new to me but I just was driving and I just became like able to see me someone else and then rows and rows and rows of people singing this song the blessing and in this song, it says, it, it just blesses generations and generations. Like, blessings will come on you and your children and their children. And I really just felt like that was God's promise to me, was that my family would be able to carry out his gospel and that we would be 
a family of believers, and in heaven we would be worshiping him together because not only in that vision was it just me and my legacy, but it was like my grandparents and my parents and um, everybody that I've known in my family to be believers, which I thought was so cool and it's so impactful the way God just shows up in your life and shows you his goodness and his promises. Well, while I was preparing for this message today, I was just praying, and it's like God brought that back up to me a year later. I haven't even really thought about it. I think only my parents even know about it, and he brought it back up to me, but this time it was like something different. It was like it's not just your family. It's the youth. It's generations and generations of people that would come through you through conversations that you've said, through stories that you would tell, through messages you would speak. It's those those kids, those students, those friends and family that are also being saved, and those people are in those rows, rows and rows and rows of people praising my name because you obeyed. And I just thought it just meant so much to me because you know what? What you do matters. It just matters. The calling that God has on you, it matters. And your obedience to that matters. You know, the world has such standards for our youth, such standards for our people in general in this world. And it puts an identity on our students that is contrary to the word, the word of God. And that's just not okay with me. You know, the world says, do what feels right and do the things that make you feel happy and follow yourself and let your yourself guide you. And, it, and it's always moving and it's always subtly changing and none for godly morals. In fact, godly morals are pushed out completely and... We get so upset by that. We get so upset by a culture that doesn't respect our God, that doesn't respect. But we shouldn't be surprised by this, right? Because the world has never loved God the way it should. Because God is so completely opposite of, the, of what the world offers. You know, the world says, follow your heart. Do what makes you happy. Feel good. Give into your desires. But Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew to deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow him. Deny themselves. What? We have such a hard time denying ourselves. It's so hard. I have to deny my pride every single day when I wake up. I have to deny my flesh. I have to deny my wants, the dreams that I've kept so tightly in my mind that I want for my life. Those things have to be denied so God can use you. He knew our flesh is so weak, which is why he said to deny yourself, because you're not going to be able to grow. You're not going to be able to pass the baton to someone else if you can't deny yourself first and let God leave your life. In Galatians 6, 8, it says, Whoever sows to please their flesh 
from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So basically to say, wherever you are are sowing, whatever you're sowing from, whatever place, the world or God, right? That's where your harvest is coming from. That's what you'll reap. So if you're sowing, or if you're, yeah, if you're sowing in a place of hurt and shame, and you want to be stuck there because for some reason in your mind, and I have been in these scenarios myself, of your mind, I got to stay in this place. I got to figure this out myself, you know. I'm not going to run to the word because I know that's where change happens, and I got to figure this out myself. And really, that is where the word happens, and we have to be so in tune to the word. So point one, to pass the baton, you have to be set apart. Do not be afraid to be set apart because that's what it means to be a disciple of Christ. Do not be afraid to be looked at differently because you will. It's just what it it means to be a follower of God. And, you know, you have all of these relationships and friendships for a reason, and you should use that. But don't be afraid when those friendships start to look a little bit different because when we're getting comfortable, we live such a comfortable life that it's not, it's not a good life for God. When we're comfortable, it's not a good life for God, right? We can't look like the world because you know what? We're not trying to be used by the world. We're trying to be used by God, and there's a difference. God wants to use your life with a purpose. And he wants to honor the things of your life. He wants to honor your obedience. And blessings and joy and goodness will come out of that. But if we're reaping a harvest of the world, that's not going to happen. We have to be grounded in our, in our faith. We have to have that scent of God on us. And we have to have our body of armor, our God armor on us. We have to look the part, smell the part, all of our senses. We have to be that, that lighthouse. He has a purpose for you. Every single person watching, young or wise, (laughs) he has a purpose for you. So you have to prepare yourself because you're supposed to look different. And that might seem scary. It might seem, I don't want to look different. I don't want to feel different than everybody else. I don't think anybody wants to feel different. Nobody really does. Because you want to fit in. It's just nature. But when you're making the right golly decisions, people are going to respect you. And they're going to come to you. And you're going to be so ahead in your life because you're loving God and you're obeying. That's what sets us apart. Are we, do we love God? I mean, are we following his commandments? Because that's what sets us apart. Are we loving people as we love ourselves? Because that's what sets us apart, right? Amen. So in point two, 
It says, passing the baton is sharing the gospel through example. One of the best ways to share the gospel is to do it yourself, to live it out. You know, we got to talk it like we walk or walk it like we talk it. <laughs> that song, all my kids love that song. But uh, we have, we really do. We got to walk it like we talk it because we can say all these things all day long. But if we're not walking it out, if we don't put our faith to the test, we're not praying over the people in our lives, it's not going to happen, right? We can't play both sides of the fence, right? I'm a Christian, you know, except for the weekends. No, I'm a Christian, except for when I'm with this certain group of people. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian, except for when I'm by myself with closed doors and nobody's watching me. You know, just as easy as it is to pretend like you know, you're a Christian, except for when things get hard. It's just as easy to live this cultural Christian life, except for when you're all by yourself and you feel like this empty shell, right? You tell everybody you're a Christian, you live that Christian life, but you go into your room and you go into isolation and you don't feel like a Christian. You don't feel like God's in your life. You, you feel lonely and, and you step into this sin culture. You step into um, sin cycles. You listen to things you are contrary to the word or contradictory to the word. You, you're looking at things you know you shouldn't be. And that's because we've lost the genuineness of who God created us to be. We're genuine creatures. You know, we have the propensity to lie and, and to sin and all of that. But that doesn't mean we have to. He also made us genuine, caring, kind creatures. And if we take that on, that's our identity. I'm genuine. I'm kind. I'm caring. That's how you'll, that's how you'll act. So, yeah, we, we might mess up sometimes. We're human. But we're genuine. And we've got to get back to that genuine place of, I messed up, I'm sorry. Just like, just like we've been talking in, uh, in this series, you know, repent, rebuild, restore. So repent for the things that you've done and rebuild. Because it doesn't just end there. He doesn't want you to just stay in that place. He wants you to be genuine enough to say, hey, I messed up, but... I'm not staying here, right? I can't do this by myself. So you got to walk your faith out. No more hiding. No more living this mediocre life for God because it's not enough. You know, we can make it enough for ourselves. I have a good life, whatever. But it's not going to be enough for the next generation, you know? They have to see you do it. And that's not what God asked us to do in the first place. He asked you to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. That's full-time commitment right there. That's big-time stuff. You can't halfway do that because you're going to end up worshiping something else if it's not him. 
these unbelievers, your kids, your families, spouses even, they're looking to you. Your friends know you're a Christian. If you act like a Christian and you are really saved, sanctified, redeemed, they know. And so you've got to be that lighthouse, that joy that Jesus has given you. Let them see it, that undeniable hope. When you thought you didn't have any hope, let them see that. The overcoming spirit, when you were in a sin cycle and you couldn't get out of it and you didn't know what to do, and God came, brought you out of that situation and redeemed your life, share that testimony, right? The grace that God's given you, the love, when your heart your heart was hard and you didn't feel like you could love. You didn't feel like you could sympathize for anybody or have grace for anybody. But here you are loving people, being compassionate towards people, being generous. That kind of life change needs to be shared. So be that lighthouse that God has created you to be. Pass down that passion, the passion for the word of God. We don't have enough passion for the word of God. And if you don't have it right now, study it for yourself because you cannot convince me that the moment you read those words, something doesn't spark in you and you automatically are like, I know God's there. I know he loves me because God reveals himself through his word and he faithfully does that. And point three I want to bring up the point. Passing the baton includes bringing a solution from the word to every problem. We have a lot of problems in this world. We just do. And our kids and our students face a lot of these problems. Problems that we probably don't even know about. And that's why we have to go straight back to the word and teach them how to do it so that when a problem arises in their own life, they won't go to the world, they won't go to what they've seen on social media or whatever, they'll go straight to the word, because that's where change happens. So in Matthew 4, when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, my goodness, (laughs) I don't know if I could do it, Uh, the devil came at him, and tried to tempt him with the word. He questioned the word, and that's how he was tempting him. And you know what? I don't think the devil, the enemy, is all that creative, because that's the same thing he does now. You know, when, when I've, I've had the hardest times, like I said earlier, I, I did not want to go to the word because I knew that's where answers were. And I wanted to figure it out for myself. And I needed to figure it out for myself. And I got caught up in my, my web of, of uh, just tangled thoughts when I knew the truth was just sitting feet away from me, you know? But the devil tries to trick us. And you know what? I'm sure Jesus was feeling a little sassy that day, a little hangry. I know I would be. Um, So when he, the devil said, 
at the highest point of the temple, he led him up there, and he said, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And in the next line, Jesus rebukes him. Rebukes him. And that might not seem like a big deal, because of course Jesus would rebuke him, like, get away, oh my, but I thought it was so significant because sometimes when we get tempted, even in our hardest times, he was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, I'm sure he was fed up, but he didn't cower away, he didn't close his eyes and wish him away, he didn't think, You know, he was the son of God. I'm sure he would have just been like, seriously right now with all this? It's ridiculous. But he rebuked him, and he took control of his thoughts and his desires, and he said, it is also written, devil, I might have added that, but it is also written, do not put your Lord God to the test. So basically, Jesus combated temptation with scripture. He didn't hide. He didn't cower away. He didn't wish him away. He didn't even prove him wrong. He didn't even jump off that cliff and say, you know what? That will happen. But he took captive of his thoughts, and he didn't, he didn't give in. He didn't give him the satisfaction. Too many times we give the enemy the satisfaction. We let him win a little bit too much when all we have to do is take captive of those thoughts, bring it back to the word, and be set free from that temptation, right? We've got to show people how to do this. We have to embody this and practice this and then share how to do this. We are creatures of worship. I love what Lisa Bevere says. She says, if we're not worshiping God, we're going to be worshiping something or someone, and that's so true. There's so many things that we give our attention to, not even even realizing it, like social media, TV, all of these things. And our idols are usually where we go to when we're being tempted. So like, we get tempted with something, and the first thing we think, oh, I just need to forget about that. That's, you know, I don't need to be doing that. I'll just go watch some TV and forget about it. Or I'll go scroll through my phone, try and forget about it, right? We can't ignore these things. They'll sneak up. They'll sneak up to us and try and get us. When we focus on our idols and we worship the things that are not God, we can't overcome these temptations. We can't overcome these sins. But when we take captive of our thoughts... And we bring it back to the word and we remind ourselves of who we are and we are exemplifying how God made us to be. We're going to overcome every single time. So in point four, passing the baton means praying for the handoff. And I'm sure you're wondering why I've got my lucky chicken up here. But when I was in track all, I don't know, I was like 14, all 105 pounds of pure 
stick. I was unbeatable. Not really. I was slow, like incredibly slow, like turtle coming out of the gate. Why did they even put me on this team slow? And it was just oh, ridiculous. But we were in a relay just practicing with our chicken. We used chickens instead of batons. I don't even know why. He's probably just making fun of us. And we used these batons, but I was so worried about my quick feet. That's all I cared about, my quick feet. I had to get oh out, out of there. Once, <laughs> once the person came up behind you, if you've ever run a race like this, you know you got to put your hand out here, and they are coming up to give you the baton. But I wasn't worried about any of that. I was just worried about my quick feet. And that's ridiculous because I was supposed to worry about this handoff right here. And my coach is yelling at me. didn't even realize because I'm worried about my quick feet. And the girl behind me, all I hear is, chicken. I was like, chicken? What? And so I look back. My arms reached out. And I'm like, oh, my God, the chicken. I, I'm like not even ready. I'm not even ready for this handoff. I come out. I grab the chicken. I'm so slow. My, I don't even have a quick feet. It's ridiculous. It's I, so slow. And then the girl in the back of me had to carry us. She had to sprint so hard. I felt so bad because I was just, I wasn't meant for track, y'all. I was not meant for that. I was not meant for that at all. But that's okay. So basically, you know what? We got to prepare for the handoff. Because if you're not ready, it's not coming. It's not, it's not going to do its thing. You know what? We, we have so many people in our lives that need God, that need his word, that need Jesus to come and change their life. Maybe they've been abused. Maybe they have addiction problems. And it's about time to say it's enough, right? I don't want you in that place any longer. I don't want you in bondage. I don't want you staying in this place of addiction, of depression, of anxiety. You don't need to stay there because God's going to carry you out of that circumstance. We need to be those friends that say, you know what? That's not enough for you. You might think that's enough. You might say, hey, I have a pretty good life. It's not enough. You need God and you need to work on that handoff because God is going to change their life, but you are that vessel. You are handing it off to them, and that is important, right? We gotta pray for the people in our life. We gotta pray for their salvation. Pray that God would reveal their purpose, because they do have a purpose, even if they've abandoned it, or even if we've abandoned it. They have a purpose in God, and God wants to use them. There's no situation that cannot be turned around. And even for the generations that we might not even agree with, the generations coming up that bring in a lot of fluff, that are like, you know what? We are just going to do self-love right now. Self-love, all of this. We're not going to stand on truth. None of that. We might not agree with that but that doesn't mean they don't need the truth of God. We have to be there ready to do that handoff. They need the word of God just like you needed the word of God, right? You've got, we've got to take it to them. Our God is so faithful. 
and he wants a relationship with all of us. Disagreements are not, he wants a relationship with all of us, leaning on his truth. You know what, I'm praying for a generation, this generation coming up and the generations to follow, to be followers of Christ, radical followers of Christ. And I know there is nothing that can stop our God. But we have to ask. Sometimes we forget to ask. In the word it says, ask and you shall receive. But we just sit here and worry and stress and wish. But did you ask? Did you ask God to change the life of your friend, of your spouse? Did you ask God to save your spouse? Did you ask God to water the seeds that you've planted, that he's told you to plant in your friend's lives? Have we asked? He wants to do it, and he will work things out for his good. He is so good, and everybody needs to know. We have to pass the baton. We have to do it. Being prayerful is being intentional. Don't keep it a secret. God was not meant to be a secret. Don't keep it to yourself. My God is so good. He's so good to me. Yeah. Yeah, he is. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to share that fact with your friends? Are you going to share that fact with your relatives who don't know him yet? We've got to share this word and pass this baton and keep it going. Because you know what? forget a generation being on fire for God, which is what I'm praying for. I'm praying that this generation would take the lead and be the church in their community, on their platforms, and in every situation. That's what I'm praying for. But if we are not willing to share the gospel with them, forget having on fire people of Christ, you won't even have Christians. They won't even know how to serve God. And we got to think about that. Parents, your kids need to see Christ through you. Leaders, your students need to see Christ through you. Students, your family and your friends, they need to see Jesus through you. It's not uncommon for a family member to be saved through their students. So don't think that you don't have that opportunity. If you want your family in church, if you want them saved, pray for them. Be ready for that handoff because they're already seeing you do it. They're already seeing you exemplify God and they're watching you. And they wanna know if you're gonna bring that to them. And I know you will. These students have made a commitment to follow Jesus. They've made an impact all semester long in their schools and in their families and in their community, and we're so proud of them. But now it's time to surround them with faith and counterculture thinking. They've stepped out into faith. They've done the work. They are still renewing their minds every day but we as believers and as Christians have to come around them 
and surround them with the right thinking, with God thinking, with counter to the culture thinking and prayer. It makes a difference. Power is in our prayer. And that is where life change happens. And they need that change. We need that change. Because we, I mean, it's crazy the things that the world is allowing our students to see, these generations to see. Horrible things, immoral things, sexual immoral things. And we can't just stand idly by. So pass the baton. He is not a secret to be kept. He gave you permission to share his good word. And more than that, he gave you an individual testimony. And God is going to use that testimony to change the lives of somebody else. So don't be afraid to pass the baton. You are worthy. You can do it. He's called you. And we will do it together as a church body, as church family. We're going to go out and pass the baton.